peace be to you. In the Cabo Let us begin with a question. Hello everyone and welcome to Curiosity Catholic, the Evangelium podcast, which shares in the mission to light the fire of Christ in the hearts of Catholics by sharing the truths of our faith in a compelling manner. And if you would like to be involved in the Evangelium mission, then go to our website at evangelium.co.nz and help us out by donating or checking out the content that we're putting out there, this podcast, the blog, and various events that we've got going on and coming up in the future. However, in this podcast today, we're actually going to be continuing from where we left off with, uh, last episode with Kelly Seeley, we were talking about homeschooling and uh, how to create little evangelists out of your children. This episode, we have a few questions that we didn't quite manage to get around to uh, in the in the last episode. So it's a little bit shorter, but the content is great. So please stay tuned, get involved with Evangelion, and like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. God bless. Right, so uh, you just said that you... Um, your eldest is now in high school. So did you, when did you stop homeschooling her? So, um, so last year when with COVID, you know, um, she, she had the hardest time with COVID because she's very extroverted, always Mm. has been. And to be totally shut off like that was, it was, and you know, she was just becoming a teenager and she's a girl. So it's just like, so I had always wanted to homeschool her through high school because I just love homeschooling, but I just saw that she was suffering and that she needed to be around for her own age. And I was also, I just had another baby and in the middle of COVID. So um, I just felt stretched in too many directions, like having a teenager and a newborn and toddlers and all these little boys. It was just like, I don't feel like I'm meeting everybody's needs. And because she was the oldest, she was the one that I was just saying, like, you just got to, you're on your own, you know? And so I just thought this isn't, this isn't serving her anymore. It's serving everybody else, but it's not serving her anymore. Um, And so I found out with this little Catholic school, it's called Chesterton. It's a chain. There's like a whole bunch of them and they're very small. She has seven kids in her class and they're passionately Catholic. Um, And they, um, they're very, they're, it's a classical method of education. So they teach using the Socratic method. Um, there's none of the kind of junk that's in the public schools. It's like really okay, good. Cool. And virtue training and character formation is just as important as what the kid is learning education wise. So, um, we found out about this. And so, um, we had some friends in town who were going. And so it's an hour away from our house. So I was kind of like, ah, that's really inconvenient, you know? Um, but because there was other families going, we were able to work at a carpool. So cool. we only each have to drive once a week. So it became manageable and she's doing awesome at it. Um, so I feel really peaceful that that was definitely the right choice for her. Mm. Um, so yeah, she's only been, our school year here starts in August. Right. So they just started in the middle of August this school year. And so we're about a month into it and she loves it. She's doing so well. And it's a relief for me because I'm like, okay, homeschooling worked. <laughs> like if she had gotten there and like was so far behind, all of her classmates and like mm. but but she's great like i mean they hold up her writing several times a week as like examples for us of the class and she knew she was going to struggle with math but she has she's like she's not at the top of the math class but she's treading water with everybody else so she's doing okay, okay. so it's been a relief for me because i was like i think this homeschooling thing worked but like you were the guinea pig child so like i have no idea <laughs> so. i feel like parenting is so much just I always feel bad for the the firstborn because it's like no one knows what they're doing and that's the experiment. 
but this one also gets so much more time and attention and energy and effort so yeah. it balances out <laughs> yeah it's like psychologists say there's two types of children there's the firstborn and everyone else yes um so you'll have to send me a link about that Chesterton stuff. Uh, it sounds like really interesting. And like, I know a few people that are interested in maybe doing a different type of Catholic schooling over here. I could send it on to them. Um, so let's have a think. Got a whole bunch of questions here. Uh, what's the best way of finding resources to homeschool best, uh, homeschool slash best ways to teach? Um, so I think that's hard because um, everybody's so different. So like, the way that my best homeschooling friend homeschools, I could never do that. You know, so I don't think there's like a best way or best resources. I think that unfortunately it's a bit of trial and error. Yeah. So it's like, I would say start with the most basic, start with math, literacy related stuff and catechesis. Okay. And so um, I would just start with those three things. And the younger you start, the easier, because like I said, if you're trying to teach yourself seventh grade math, cause you've just decided to start homeschooling, that's rough. Right. But if you started with two plus two with a five-year-old, you just grow with the child and it's very gentle on the parent as well. So, um, yeah, so I think it's easiest to start when they're little and just kind of grow with them with just the basics. Just if, the, if those foundations are strong, math, um, reading, writing, um, even just the, the physical act of writing, like forming letters neatly yeah. and spelling words, but then also like being able to compose just a sentence, you know, for six year olds to be able to write a sentence. That's great. It doesn't have to be like in school. I think there's so much pressure for like a six year old to write a paragraph and they can put a star on it and hang it in the hallway for all the parents to see when they come in. Like there's time to get there. There's plenty of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's just like, you can't, you can't always, I think what a lot of homeschooling parents do is they're constantly comparing like what should they be doing in the schools? Yeah. And this is not the school. It's not yeah. the school. And, um, agenda, right? Yeah, the schools are they're, they're teaching for tests. They're trying. I mean, it's like they're they're teaching to like impress parents. They're. T I mean, it's it's not the same thing. Mm. So, um, just as long as the kid every year is like able to do more than they did the year before, we're going to get there. It's like the tortoise and the hare. You know, like yeah. slow and steady will win the race here. You know, you don't want to kill the child's love of learning. Because when you start, most little kids are like excited to learn how to read and excited to be able to write a word. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. And then what happens by the time they're, you know, 13 and they're like, oh, school's boring. I don't want to learn anything. You know, like right. some, somewhere along the way, that love of learning gets killed. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I think it's like you want to you want to nurture that and you want to you want to not kill that by. And some of that's, you know, that's just there's a phase that kids everything is a drama, yeah, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's natural for a human to be excited to learn. As adults, when we learn something new, we're like, cool, you know. I mean, there's mm. that's like a natural human thing to 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 learn and to want to learn. So just nurturing that, and so yeah, I think the easiest thing to do is to start with finding a good math curriculum that you like. And again, people's taste. Some people love Singapore math. I hate it. I hate right. Singapore math. So that's that's like a big rage in homeschool circles. Is Singapore math? You know, I I hate it. But other people love it. So it's just like finding what does your child do well with and what do you enjoy teaching? And that, that was something I found as a teacher. If I loved the material and I was excited about the material and I loved the student, the student will come along and learn and love to learn too. So it's like homeschooling is so much about that relationship you have with the kid and you don't want to be standing over them yelling at them like, you know, you're you're still mom, you're still dad, you're still like loving the child and mm -hmm. you might need to coax them a little bit. And like I said, for me in my house, um, snacks go a long way so like bribery snack doesn't happen today until the math sheet is done and it's not a punishment and it's not 
harsh. It's just like, well, you just got three more problems and it's snack time, you know, like yeah. kind of, you know, or some, I have some kids that have to have a timer set. Right. Yeah. But if the math sheet isn't done by the time that timer goes off, you know, there's going to be an extra chore today, you know, and okay, you know, some kids are just, and I have other kids that never, I've never had to do that ever. They just sit down and do their work. But um, yeah, I say just start with those little basics and get, get your feet under you with those basics. Um, and then you can add in um, history, science, hmm. language, art, what, whatever it is that you want to teach. Um, but reading out loud is the biggest part. I mean, if you're reading to your kids, you're already homeschooling them. You know, you're oh. teaching them to love books, to love literature, um, la a language rich environment where they're hearing a lot of words, where they're hearing hmm. vocabulary, where they're seeing that books are something enjoyable and sitting down with a book is enjoyable. And they're snuggled up under your arm and you've got a book together. And, um, and then, like I said, then you sneak in like a book that's sort of educational about, you know, the, the, the life cycle of a caterpillar, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and that kids interested in anyway, they're, they're not thinking, oh, now they're trying to teach me something. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, we read two really fun little picture books about a fuzzy little rabbit. And now we're reading. Sometimes I know parents will even do it on purpose. Like we want to learn about, um, mammals and so we're going to get a whole bunch of books about rabbits you know and then we're going to get a book about rabbits a non-fiction book about rabbits and so we're just kind of doing all this rabbit stuff so we've just read all these cute little cuddly picture books about rabbits and now yeah, yeah you yeah. know we're... so yeah they kind of like blend that together so apples where it's fall we're just studying apples but then we're also going to study like how an apple seed grows into a tree and how apples come but then we're also reading books about this little bunny that found an apple and ate it and you know whatever yeah I so see. just kind of making it like a pleasant time together like a bonding time like i'm enjoying this time with my child we're learning we're learning books we're enjoying books together we're enjoying literature yeah i've always thought it's important to like i've always thought like reading is probably the most important because if you know how to read you can learn anything. Um, yes. But um, I remember as a kid, I obviously didn't get get that love of reading because uh, I remember a friend of mine was saying, oh, wow, I just got this book for um, and it's telling about his, his favorite football team. And I'm like, why are you reading at home? That's school. You know, yeah. why would you why would you want to do that? And it's like yeah. I obviously didn't get didn't, uh, get taught how to love to learn. But uh, yeah, you have to have that passion about it. Yeah. Um, I've got a few questions around like the financial issues around homeschooling. Like, is it possible to have one parent? Like, how do you work? How do you run a household, fund a family? Like, is it yeah. possible to uh, homeschool without without one of the parents completely giving up their job? Do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do know some families that do that, but they do find it hard. If if you, I do know a couple of families that mom works and then, um, you know, either leaves a nanny with or babysitter with like the kid has to do this math or this whatever i know for those families it is harder it's definitely a lot easier if someone's full-time home and so my husband and i you know i'm full-time home and there's been a lot of financial sacrifices involved i mean he's done ministry our whole marriage until a couple of years ago so um you know we just always had one car and we didn't eat out and we didn't go on vacations and there was a lot there was a trade-off for that mm -hmm. um for sure um I, I don't know a lot of families that both parents work full time and homeschooling and are homeschooling, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. That's just, that could just be my circle that I'm in out here. I do know two women who work um, part time and also homeschool their kids. And, and they did say that they found it, they found it hard, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, that, that is definitely challenging. Homeschooling itself is cheap, you know? 
Um, I didn't have to buy uniforms or convenient oh, lunches or, I mean, like really homeschooling was extremely convenient or is convenient. I don't, um, even have to get kids to a place at any particular time each day. I don't have to buy each kid their own box of crayons or their own. We just have one box of crayons and everybody uses it. So like it's, it's has, until Maria has gone to high school now, um, it has saved us a ton of money homeschooling. Um, but I can see that that would be challenging. But again, when the kids are really little, I would say um, up until maybe eight years old, nine years old, they can get pretty much all their schoolwork done in probably an hour, an hour and a half, two hours a day. And so um, if the parent has a little bit of time like that or can leave even a, a grandma or whoever's watching the kids kind of in charge of overseeing just a little bit of gentle education, I think it's doable. Yeah. Um, by the time they're older, by the time we're 11, 12, um, you can depend on the kids to do a lot of that learning on their own, they can. So it, I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I just think it would have its own challenges. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think what you're saying, like if it only takes a couple of hours a day, um, then you fit it in when you fit it in. Like it, like if you were doing like shift work, you know, and you're on an afternoon yeah. shift that starts at two 30, you do all the homeschooling in the morning and then see you later. Um, yeah. or like, you know, you, you get home early from work, you start early, you get home early, just doing the evening. I suppose you could, could yeah. figure out but yeah it's all about being organized do you find you have to be quite organized as a homeschooler it helps it definitely helps yeah okay. um i know that yeah that's de that's definitely helpful um just to and, and just the discipline to make sure it gets done each day mm. um and and i mean that also is seasonal because when when my oldest were only six seven and or so I remember I would ditch school any day for a play date or for a field trip or for something that was like an experience that would enrich them. And I remember a lot of times my husband would come home and say, so what'd you guys do in school today? And I'd be like, oh, we didn't really do school. We had friends over and then we went to the zoo and then we went to the library. And he'd be like, are you going to homeschool? Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. that little, I just felt like it wasn't important that they did hours of worksheets right. a day. It was important that they saw zebras and that they learned how to play nicely with their friends. And that, mm. um, so yeah, as they got older, it became more important to be disciplined each day and to make sure that work got done every day. I see. I see. Um, or most days at least, you know, I think it's okay to be spontaneous and say, in fact, I, I, I admire friends that I have that if someone has a baby or someone's sick, they'll drop school for the day and make a meal and have their kids help them make the meal or bake and bring it. And that's an education too, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that being merciful and doing the acts of works of mercy is just yeah. as important as doing our math sheets. Yeah. Yeah. And like science of cooking. Um, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like, and also I guess like the organization is very much based around the children uh, because obviously mm -hmm. um, you can't, I suppose that's one of the benefits of homeschooling as well. It's like, it's like rather than let's look at textbook and giraffes, let's, let's go to the zoo. And they've got lots of it. Yeah. And if they know how to read, yeah. it's like you have to read this whole board and you have to tell me what it says, you know. Yeah. Um, that would be a lot cooler. I would definitely go to school if that was the case. Um, <laughs> I've got a question here about, oh, yeah, about um, how do you balance family life and teaching life? Do you find you, it's hard to turn off being a teacher? Do you find, how do you find time for your, your spouse, for your children, for your mm -hmm. teaching? And yeah. like, how do you, how do you, so do you say, like, okay, I'm teaching now, kids, I'm going to be, a teacher face and then later on I'll be mom. See you later. Yeah, I guess um I don't I, I guess I never go into teacher mode. It's like it's always mom mode. 
um, I guess I'm kind of a strict mom in a lot of ways. Mm. So like, you know, so um, we balance it by, like I said, in the morning before we start school, we could maybe read some books on the couch, like some, just some fun books like snuggled up or I might play backgammon with one of the kids. Um, a lot of times I'll go for a walk with them in the morning before we start school, just go outside and find some cool bugs. And um, we live near a pond, so maybe go down and see if the heron's there, you know, just like some nice, pleasant mm. time together. And then we go back home and they know that like after breakfast, once we kind of settle all of our, we've gotten dressed and whatever, we're going to do school for a while. So they know that they're going to give me a good hour of work after breakfast. So they, they just, it's like routine, you know, like mm. they're routine oriented. And so if you do something every day, they just kind of accept that it's part of their day. They might still kick up a little fuss about it if they're cranky that day, but they kind of know what's coming. And so they start their school and, um, you know, while I'm there, I can maybe start a load of laundry while I'm also helping with math or I can load up the dishwasher or something. I can, I can usually get, so balancing the house, managing the house, plus the kids needs. And then, um, like, again, we take a break and we do chores, but we all do our chores together. So now right. it's just like, you know, you're, you're windexing the windows while I'm sweeping the floor and this one's putting away the dishes from the dishwasher, but we're all in the kitchen together doing a chore in the kitchen. So it's just okay. family time, you know, but I'm, I'm just as strict about that, that this is going to get done as I was that your math sheet was going to get I done, see, you know? And so, um, so yeah, and then we have a snack. We all sit together and have a snack. So it's, it's very organic and seamless. Yeah, like yeah. this is just a routine. It's not like now we're at school and now we're a family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is just our day. This is how our yeah, day it's, 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 it's a, there's a, takes a lot to get out of that mindset of school as a place to yes. go to between these hours of day. And whereas education is a different thing altogether. Because, I mean, really, yeah. I think the problem, a problem that comes with, like, sending kids to school is, like, okay, that's where they get educated. And then they come home and we do family stuff. And family stuff is an education. Yeah. But, like, really, yes. again, in an ideal world, you would get your kids home from school and you would carry on the education in a certain way because uh, that's where the education is, is, is solidified um but i suppose in this way you can make it more organic so it's just about having a routine and sticking to it it's just you know i yeah. like what you're saying that's it's quite cool um do you find uh you mentioned montessori earlier have you in, incorporated that into your homeschooling life at all or if so how so yeah, when, when my first couple were little, I tried to really structure our house in a Montessori way where everything was down low and they could access materials themselves and they used real things like a glass pitcher, not a plastic cup or whatever. Um, so I definitely early on incorporated a lot of that. Um, now, I suppose that I'm still incorporating. I just don't think about it anymore. Like their plates and cups are still down low where they can, the little guys can get them. Mm. Um but I'm just not consciously like I don't have all their learning materials out on shelves where they can get it because now with so many kids in the house, that would for me, it would just mean that there were pieces of stuff all over the floor constantly. Yes. Um, so I, I kind of feel like for me, what I've done is I've read a lot about Montessori and I've taken from it what I like. And then I've read about classical education and I've taken from it what I like. And I've learned about what's called Charlotte Mason education. I've taken which is very um, Charlotte Mason uh, emphasis on living books. So instead of using textbooks, we use literature that makes a time period come alive. Um, a lot of writing involved. So I've just kind of taken what I like from different ideologies and um, put them together for what works for my kids and for mm. my personality. But I love Montessori. I love Maria Montessori and her ideas. 
when do you find the time to look into all these different ideologies to take stuff from it? Yeah, uh, well, this is kind of my passion and my interest. So um, this is just what I enjoy. Like if I have free time, I'd love to sit down with a homeschooling book and read it. You know, it's kind of dorky that way. Um, so, but you know, also like, you know, when the kids were younger and I was just starting, I did have a lot more time. There was a, there was a point in my life where there was two hours a day where everybody napped and I was on my yes. own for two hours. So I could look up stuff on the internet. Um, but also even now I, I find a lot of time when like, um, if I get together with another homeschool mom and our kids all play together at the park or at her house, we talk about, oh, I just read this great homeschooling book I and I learned see. this tip, or I got this idea from this homeschooling blog that I read. And so we swap ideas a lot or recommend books to each other or websites. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that ongoing education goes. I, every summer also, I spend time thinking about like, what, what do I need to improve for next year? Like what was kind of yeah. the weakest link here? And then kind of researching like how maybe I need to change the curriculum on that. Or maybe like this yeah. Lego learning thing, that's a new thing for me. I used to always make them sit around the table and look at me while I, you know, and um, so then I heard this and I thought, well, they'd like that a lot better, but I don't think they'd really be paying attention. But we've tried it out this month for the first time and it's been great and they are paying attention and they oh, are cool. a lot less resistant. So it's worked. So it's just kind of always, always growing and changing. Yeah. And there's probably podcasts and stuff out there. Um, I'll have to email you later and get the resource, like links to the, like the Chesterton stuff and everything you just mentioned. So we can uh, share it with all those that listen to this. Um, I think we're just about out of questions. I think everything else has just been answered throughout the whole conversation um this is brilliant i think there's been a lot of people wanting to know a lot about homeschooling and i think we've managed to cover a lot of it and then some as well i think the stuff we started talking about at the beginning with the whole evangelizing as a family i think that's just mm -hmm. such i get it that was a topic i didn't in, in anticipate talking about but i was like this is too <laughs> valuable we need to go in down this route for a bit so that was the first half hour um but thank you for joining me um thank you for this and uh, yeah we'll have to be in touch you've done a blog for us haven't you then it's been 10 years yeah i do have i when I, we lived in new zealand i had a blog and then when we came home i kept up for a little bit but as the family grew i just i had no time to keep up with it i see i see uh is, is there anywhere people can go if they want to hear more of your stuff or is it just you're all homeschooling now is it gone um, well i don't i don't like i usually i say no to a lot of stuff but um when when um, I heard that Bishop Michael had asked me to write, I said, well, I, I could never say no to Bishop Michael or anything, right. so, okay. He has but, um, people. Yes, he does. He's, he's, yeah, he's wonderful. So, um, yeah, I'd be open to um, doing another podcast or writing again for sure. I would definitely make time for Okay. For so you so hear it here. If you want to see more from uh, Kelly Seeley, you have to go to Evangelion. That's going to be the main source <laughs> of information from Kelly. Um, <laughs> Thanks again okay. for joining us, Kelly. And uh, I suppose you got your family to get back to you now as well. It's almost lunchtime. Yeah, here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure I'll be brought right yeah. up to speed when I do. I, I always yeah. hear when I'm doing a podcast, it's like, I hear, Daddy! I'm like, oh, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thank you for joining us. And everybody else thank who's listening know. to this second part, thank you for joining us. And if you want to get involved or hear more from what Kelly has to offer in her blog and in this podcast, Sign up to our subscription on our website at evangelion.co.nz. Like, share, and subscribe to the Curious Catholic Podcast and give us five-star ratings so that more people can find out this fantastic content. So God bless and stay curious and stay Catholic.